Welcome into the 11 Dubcast presented by the Dry Goods Store at 11warriors.com. I am Bo. He is Johnny. It is, boy, it's 4th of July week, Independence Day week. This is uh, get out, have some fun, have a cocktail, get on a boat, get on the water, have a good time. Uh, we've got some things to hopefully entertain you on your way there. So let's start with uh, Johnny with what happened in uh, in Columbus today, became official today, um, as it res- as in, in respect to our Columbus Blue Jackets. Now, I, I acknowledge that that perhaps many of you are not do not live in Columbus and are not friend of the blue fans of the blue jackets. And that's fine. Um, I, I think there are some interesting parallels here as we bring it back to Buckeye football. So if you're unfamiliar today, uh, Artemi Panarin, who was the number one free agent in the NHL, uh, Matt Duchesne, who is a rental that they brought in last year and Sergei Bobrovsky, who's responsible for more winning than anyone has seen in the history of the franchise at goalie all left. Um, and in the case of Panarin and Duchesne, they left for less money elsewhere. And yeah. Sergei Bobrovsky left for, I think that's more of an amicable divorce. Like we're basically tired of every, we're tired of you. You're tired of us. Best of luck down the road. Um, but the other two guys were both young guys who you wanted to retain. And you tried to, in the case of Panarin, you were willing to pay $15 million total more um, than he was. It was a $96 million offer from the Blue Jackets and about an $81 million, $80.5 million offer that he ended up taking from the Rangers. And, it's a it's a hard thing for Columbus sports fans to reconcile, and furthermore, Ohio sports fans as we kind of push this out to the whole state, and and that is that, and I'm convinced of this, having you know watched LeBron leave a couple of years ago and LeBron leave nine years ago, and frankly, if LeBron wasn't from here, he never would have came back to begin with. Um, that as it stands, we really only have one thing in this state that's a destination, and it's Ohio State football. It's really the only sport entity that people, that kids, that people will come here for willingly. Um, and and it's that's kind of the jumping off point of the conversation I wanted to get into. Um, I think there could be some arguments um, that would be made from the Browns, but I also think that that's more tied to the people as much as the organization and the people, I mean, the new general manager who has it sorted out and more, most specifically the fact that they now have a franchise quarterback in Baker Mayfield that people would be happy to play for. Um, and the NFL is a little different anyway. Um, but this was our biggest, um, our biggest fears, I suppose, as Ohioans, uh, this notion <laughs> that people don't want to be around us yeah. <laughs> coming, to, coming to roost in Columbus today. <laughs> It is it is basically all the anxieties that I think Ohioans have about our state personified and that, you know, you throw the bank at Panarin, who's, you know, he's one of the best you know forwards in the NHL. He, he deserves all the money he's going to get. You throw the bank at the dude and he, he laughs at it and goes to New York City for less money where he'll have to pay more taxes, where That's his right. dollar will go not as far. And right. that that is just. Like I said, that is every anxiety that Ohio has about the state being inadequate, not cool, and all this other thing, and it's boring, blah, blah, blah. Uh, that's all of it just, you know, kind of in one, uh, you know, hockey transaction. It sucks, but what I think is interesting about it with regard to the Ohio State stuff is that part of the reason why I think it sucks is because there are a lot of people in Columbus who really, really, really love hockey. And, and it's getting more yeah. popular, especially because of what happened in the past season, right? You have this great run and, you know, you make a bunch of, you, you kind of, you make moves, you do really well at the end of the season, you go, you know, you sweep the presumptive, you know, NHL champions, all that stuff. 
but the problem is that culturally it's not as strong as Ohio State football or football in general, right? So if you're a huge hockey fan, you see this and you're like, you know that it's not there yet. And because it's not there yet, whatever cultural things that would, you know, make people want to stay in Columbus because of the hockey uh, just isn't present. And and that sucks as a hockey fan because yeah. you want it to be a destination. It's not going to be – Columbus is never going to be New York City, right? You can't really compete with that on the cultural side. But from the endemic, like, you know, is this a hockey town kind of thing? You know, is this, you know, Montreal or even like, you know, Alberta or whatever? Like that's that's something that will draw people there. Columbus doesn't have it. It does have the football aspect of it. And that, I think, is enough to draw people to Columbus, even if it's not New York City or Miami or, you know, L.A. or anything like that. So I had um, I had a, a woman. We, we were talking a little bit about this uh, on the radio show today, James and I. And uh, a woman text or tweeted to the show and said, um, why can't we why can't we try? Why can't we market these guys? I think marketing was the word she used. She said, why can't mm-hmm. we market the market Columbus the way that Ohio State markets Columbus? And that is that if you come here, we'll put our arms around you and take care of you for your whole life. Right. That we're a very yeah. loving, welcoming place. And one of the things that is an enormous selling point for Ohio State with recruits is not just you know, the fact that we'll get you to the pros. I mean, that's number one. But the other part of it is for a lot, for many, many players, if you don't make it to the pros, Columbus, Ohio will take care of you if you right. played at Ohio State. We've seen this countless times um, where guys, it fizzles out and next thing you know, they're making 250 grand selling pharmaceuticals. Like that's a, that happens on the reg in Columbus, right? Um, yeah. So what my response to it was, is that there is a, something like what Ohio State has in football is earned over the course of 120 years. Right, it right. Is, you know, it's not something that can be created. Um, the, the, we are, in a hockey terms, Ohio State football is an original six. It is the Maple Leafs. It is the the it is the Canadians. It's the Rangers. It's the Bruins. It's the Blackhawks. It's the Red Wings. I mean, it is a bedmark franchise. Um, it is much more difficult. And I, I think that's why... I mean, I, I think the Blue Jackets comparison would be more like, um, I don't know, like Oregon or something like that in football, where where the success can come and go pretty quickly, and that maybe it's a niche thing here or there. But that Columbus, and this is the hard thing for that franchise that they're going to have that they now certainly have to come to terms to because it's not just these guys. I mean, this happened before with Jeff Carter. Um, they've traditionally had to pay overpay for older players. Um, that Columbus from a hockey perspective is not a destination and and it probably won't ever be unless the team becomes great. And the only way for the team to become great is for it to be drafted and traded for at a young age. And and frankly, they've done that. They've got a really nice young core that should be able to grow and get better and better. Uh, But at the same time, they lost three great players today. And it's, it's something that I think is hard for, for Columbus sports fans to reconcile because from the Ohio State perspective, we can go get anybody from anywhere to come right. here. And young it's people, just, right? And, right, <laughs> yeah. Know, like, all of a sudden, like the most petulant people, like 17-year-olds, 18-year-olds, we can get them to leave Scottsdale and yeah. come to Columbus. We can right. get them to leave Georgia and come to Columbus. Like they don't worry about win or nothing because of because Columbus, Ohio State, is an original six. So here's, and I agree with all that. And and that's what I think is really fascinating about all this, because if you're a Blue Jackets fan and the franchise itself, you, you are wanting respect. You want to have the same status 
as Ohio State football in the city of Columbus. It's not going to happen. You're not going to get that, but I understand striving for it. And a day like today is a reminder how far you have to go to get that kind of clout in uh, you know your respective sport. Here's the second thing I wanted to talk about. This is and this is related to the same thing. So with players, I mean, obviously there's a whole different function of how you get people into your sport in college football than in, you know, a professional sport. I mean, recruiting obviously is its own beast and you're still asking people to come to where you're at, but you've got much more of a monopoly, I think on, um, you know, how things work. But the question I have for you, Bo, is I was thinking about this today, you know, when people have all this angst about, you know, these big names leaving the last what five coaches of Ohio state you've got urban Meyer obviously mm-hmm. with deep connections to the state of Ohio you've yes. got you know Jim Tressel obviously huge deep connections John Cooper not huge deep connections but you know I think was well respected and people liked having him and then you've got well Earl also Bruce and and Woody Hayes what happens if yeah. Uh, you know, a guy like Ryan Day has success at Ohio State for a couple seasons. Maybe they yeah. win 11, 12 games. Is, does he have the same kind of adherence that no. an Urban Meyer, or is he going to be like Bill O'Brien, where it's like, I got, I have a shot at the NFL. I'm going to go ahead and take a coaching job in, you know, Miami or something like that. My, what if, what if the Redskins fired Jay Gruden? Right. And, they try to, I mean, Lewis Riddick already said, like, if he gets a GM job, and I think he's on a short list of people who will be next to get a GM job, that he would hire Ryan Day. So that's going to get around. Um, now, this I mean, is we're a, getting really far, you know. The, the, no, the no, work, no, but I think it's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're just having fun. It's right. middle of summer. I mean, it's July 1st. <laughs> Give us a break. Um, yeah. I do think your point, though, of you also have, while – while Ohio State wasn't John Cooper's dream job, I mean, he grew up in Tennessee. I mean, my guess is he wanted to be the head coach of the Tennessee Volunteers. Um, it was he also was coming. He was a high riser. He was a big name at the time. He was coming from Arizona State, right. um, and he was at a point of his life where he had one more great job in him, right? Like, yeah. And and Columbus was a Ohio State. Well, maybe not his dream job. It is a dream job. I don't even think you could say that about Ryan. Um, I think and now he's saying all the right things and I, I hope that it all changes and, and he's crushed everything. I don't want to act like there's nothing like that. And I, this doesn't mean, this isn't to just besmirch anyone. I just think that his probably growing up in New Hampshire, his life's goal was to coach in the national football league would be yeah, my guess. Be the next, next bill Belichick. I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah. So, so I think that's, so if something like that comes around, um, I think he's the first coach since, Boy, Paul Brown, right? <laughs> who who wanted more? Who wanted to be a professional coach? I mean, he he right. might be that guy. I I mean, we don't know. We don't know anything. But um, just on the surface, he's the first guy they've hired for the job in a very long time. Who it is not their absolute dream job. I just think it's a fascinating problem that could arise if Ryan Day has massive success, and a lot of people really, you know. Everything he's done so far has indicated that he's going to be a really successful coach. If that plays out on the field, I think Ohio State fans may have to deal with the same kind of feeling that Blue Jackets fans are feeling today, where it's like, this isn't good enough. This isn't acceptable for you. This is supposed to be the big time. And that would be, you know, 
Blue Jackets fans, I think, have had their share of, you know, getting kicked in the teeth a little bit when it comes to this. That would be a rude awakening for Ohio State fans. If you have an uber successful coach who says, nope, not enough for me, I want to go to the NFL, that would be a big, big uh, just shock, I think, to a lot of people. Because for Ohio State fans, myself included, I mean, this is the pinnacle of the sport. I love college football. I love college football more than I like the NFL. And that would suck. That would suck a lot <laughs> to me. Yeah. I, would, I don't know how I would take that. I would be angry. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the other thing that will factor into that is he's, you know, he's, this is now a time where, you know, the NFL is more open than ever to taking those guys yes. um, and really giving them keys to the kingdom. So, Great. yeah, I mean, I think he's the first guy since I can't tell you, like I said, Paul Brown, that you got to think, boy, I wonder if the NFL comes calling, if you'll listen. And I, I would think he would listen, you know, I mean, I wouldn't want to yeah. recruit. We had Steve Spurrier on the radio show last Friday and he was telling a great story about how, he said, uh, he goes, boys, we used to have three seasons, football season, recruiting season, and golf season. <laughs> now they just have, now they don't have golf season anymore. And he was right. <laughs> He's, he really is. Like in, in the era he coached in the 90s when he was at his, at his best, you know, you had the football season. You recruited until February. Then you had a month off. And then you did uh, spring football for a month. And then you were off again until really August. I mean, that, you know, they, there wasn't all this on-campus summer visit stuff, all these camps. Like, it, it really wasn't like that. And the football team went home in the summer. Like, they weren't there, you know, taking classes and training all summer long. Like, you really got had a decent lifestyle, you know, as a coach in the 90s. And while you're compensated now more, there's no doubt that the NFL model is far more open to um, – the NFL model is far more open to a real life with your family. Yeah. I mean, they get weeks off here and there um, well, and, and college doesn't get way, that. So I think that could play into way more assistance, way more help. I mean, it's yeah. 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 So, yeah, there's a lot more. Yeah. There's a GM and a coach like your only job is to coach football in the NFL and in college, you're your CEO more than anything else. Um, it, it's a it's a fascinating thing as you as we bring it back to the to the the crux of the matter of and it, you're right, like it really plays into all of our insecurities right that we you know like i i don't i don't think it's a coincidence that we've got to be like the t-shirt capital of the of the world has got to be ohio like <laughs> it has to be there's we put ohio on everything uh in cleveland they put cleveland on everything like the, there is something that we have to be outward outwardly proud about being from ohio and at the root of that is probably some insecurity and this probably <laughs> Is it personified on the professional sports front? And we've gotten hit a lot with this. So it is also a reminder of why Ohio State football means what it means to those of us that live here and that are from here, because it's the one thing that you can count on through 120 years. You can count on it. You know, right. I mean, there was it, it, the last time an Ohio State coach left for a, quote, better job will be the first. I mean, it doesn't happen. So this is. This is that's why I think on the sport on the professional side, it's tougher. It's tougher the the realities of it, and it was it hit home today for sure um, for Blue Jacket fans. And I just thought, geez, that's one thing Buckeye fans never have to worry about. You know, three guys. Yeah. I'd rather. I mean, you never have to worry about Ryan. You may have to worry about Ryan Day coaching the NFL. You're never gonna have to worry about Ryan Day taking the Oklahoma job or the USC job, <laughs> right? You know, or yeah, that's well, not gonna happen. The other thing. Just just real quick on this. Just the other thing is that. If you are not even, let's not even talk about players. If you're a coach, if you're a really good high school coach in the state of Ohio and Ohio state comes knocking and says, Hey, we need your help with this. 
that's automatic, right? So, and that could be with any, honestly, as long as you're in the Midwest or in these other places, the cachet that the Ohio State brand has with really good up and coming talent and coaching is going to be enough to help sustain that for a long time. And that's, again, that's not something that the other franchises in this state typically have. And it's just, you know, it sucks, but that's that's kind of thing. And and that's why also as Ohioans, I think we give so much love to the people who do choose to say, I mean, Seth, Seth Jones, right? Seth Jones yeah. is a top flight NHL defenseman. He's one of the best in the league. He loves Columbus and we love him back for that. Joey Votto is, I talk about Joey Votto seemingly every, you know, podcast now because it's baseball season. Joey Votto did not have to stay in Cincinnati, but he loves playing for the Reds and he loves being in Cincinnati. And that's yeah. stuff that, that fans respect. That's, that's stuff that people really like. And I think it's all the more intense in Ohio because of what you just said, because of how many people will also be the opposite of that and say, deuces, I'm out and, you know, go for the West or East Coast. Yeah, I think in this in the case of Votto, and I think in the case sort of close to the case of Jones, although he came came up later. Uh, but even in the case of like Rick Nash, who was a Columbus guy who asked to be traded and went to the Rangers, but that was more about not winning. Like he would have stayed yeah. in Columbus forever. It's just that the franchise was in despair at that moment. But if you're drafted here, whether it's Columbus or Cleveland or Cincinnati, wherever, if you're drafted here, I think you have a better chance of staying here because you fall, you grow with it, and you right. see that the city and the state grows with you. And then it's family uh, because there is something special about sports in Ohio. Very special about how, how important we uh, it is to our, you know, overall well-being. Our sports yeah. are here. It matters more here than a lot of places. So I think you can fall in love with it if you get there in the beginning. But in the case of Panarin, you start with the Blackhawks, an original six, and you're winning a cup. And then you come here. That's different. I'm yeah. sorry. Like, we're, you know, we're not Chicago. And it's, you know, that's just the reality of it. And the crazy thing about it is, in college football terms, we are Chicago. Like we are the destination. Right, exactly. So it's a, it's a hard thing for us to kind of wrap our head around that we have both in one place. A um, couple other things uh, here as we, as we get it rolling. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, what an NBA career uh, this kid has had. And, and finally showing signs of the brilliance that we saw at Ohio State. And I say finally, tongue in cheek, he's 23. Um, but, but really had a nice year in Brooklyn and they decided to go uh, with Kyrie Irving instead, again, I mean, I don't blame them for that. I, I don't know that they will think it was the best decision long term, but I get it now. So he's actually going to Golden State, but every, all the reporting is that he is not part of their long term plans and that Golden State basically acquired him in an effort to then trade him somewhere else. Yeah. Um, so this is I just think of like you think you see it all the time in the NFL with like quarterbacks, like the situation they're drafted into. Um, I think the best example I can think of around here is Tim Couch, who I think if Tim Couch were drafted to an established franchise, I think he maybe could have been really good pro quarterback, but he's drafted to an expansion team and he got beat up um, and, and had no chance. And, and I wonder if this all of this will just stunt the growth of D'Angelo Russell long term, which is um, I, which would be sad because to me, D'Angelo Russell is kind of like the basketball equivalent of Braxton Miller in that. He's the most fun I had watching Buckeye basketball while I covered it. The one year yeah. I had of him was pure pure genius from a basketball perspective. Yeah, it, and it's he was just magnetic. Well, you're one of the things I love about players like Brex Miller and Daniel Russell is when you're watching these games. You know, sometimes players can get lost in the wash. There's so many things happening at one time, but 
with guys like that, you always know exactly where they are at any given time because they are just magnetic. They're electric, and it's just so fun to watch them play. I hope he ends up at some place that can help him develop the skills that that won't just like you know kind of push him to the end of the bench or something like that, where it's like, okay, you're another piece of this puzzle that we're trying to put together. Um, cause he deserves to be, I think, featured a little bit in, in an NBA, uh, system. They, there was a, there was an article that came out about the Minnesota Timberwolves just completely screwed up, uh, their courtship, um, of him. I, it, it's, it's weird to me because he had such a great season and now it almost feels like he's been treated like chopped liver a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, and with Brooklyn, I mean, you know, congratulations. You've, you've got your guys, right? You've got, you know, Katie and all that stuff. That is going to be, that's going to be a hell of a meeting of the minds in that locker room uh, with Kyrie and Durant. And like, I just, I don't know. I, just a lot. Poor Karis LeBert, Columbus kid. I know he's a, yeah. I know he's a Wolverine, but he's a Columbus kid first. And like, he's stuck with those two. <laughs> I know. I don't know what constant the, sour then, you know, puts. Yeah. And so I just, you know, I don't want D'Angelo to stay there. Cause I think that would be obvious. I mean, it's not going to work obviously cause you've got, you know, Kyrie, but you know, Golden State obviously isn't any better because of their situation and the players that they have on their roster. I don't know where he ends up. I just hope it's someplace where he can actually win some games and isn't forced to be part of a rebuilding process where he's dragging teams, you know, to victories. Yeah. Uh, but by the same token, I don't want him buried. I don't. I want him to be able to be that magnetic player that I saw at Ohio State. Yeah. Yeah. I. I. It's sad. I'm. I'm saddened that the Golden State that Golden State wants to spin him out of there because I think it would have been really great for him and maybe he will get to play a little bit there and maybe they'll fall in love with him but I think it could have been really cool to see him like play with great players and I think he would have played well off of Curry um and off of Draymond I, I really think he could have so um I'm sad to see that that won't that won't be uh something that actually plays out uh last thing that i wanted to get to here in the opening segment my friend was the a story i saw today let me credit it david wrote it um about best and worst case saw it on the site best case worst series for ryan day's first season at ohio state so i, I thought it would be fun with this is i it's, it's it's this is fantastic july fodder so good job out of Dave for doing <laughs> right this. um but he but he talks about the best case scenario and it's a, you know, it's, it's, it's a, a wide-eyed approach. So I'll go over some of the bullet points of the best-case scenario for Ryan Day's first year. Um, and I'll just quote, quote him a little bit here from the story. He says, the overhaul defensive staff led by Greg Madison pieced together a dominant defensive scheme, clearly communicate their vision, overpowering force, Chase Young, and Mervyn, edge of potential number one overall pick in the draft. Zach Harrison emerges as the next great Buckeye defender. Both reach double-digit sacks. Um, I can't see a scenario where Zach Harrison gets double-digit sacks in year one just because of the depth on the defensive line, but it's optimistic. Agreed. As he said, best-case scenario. Uh, the linebackers bolster the speed. <laughs> Um, and he, he talks a little about the and the rank inside the top 10 for points and yards allowed. The offense thrives under new quarterback Justin Fields, whose running ability adds another element. Uh, he doesn't have quite the passing numbers, but he settles for 4,000 yards and over 40 touchdowns. It's awesome. It's like <laughs> Xbox. I would just say that, like, for, for those of you listening, like, keep your expectations much, much lower for Justin Fields than 4,000 yards and 40 touchdowns. Yeah. Um, you know, he's not, he's not, you got to remember with Kyler Murray, like, he sat for a while. Like he was on campus for a while. Um, he goes with Fields as a threat on the ground. J.K. Dobbins makes his freshman season look like he pre he breaks uh, finds fast lanes, breaks two hundred yards yards rushing four of Ohio State's twelve games. Both sides of the ball humming. March the Big Ten unscathed. Bit make a bid in the college football playoff. Uh, so that's best case scenario. And I think under Urban, that was the minimum requirement. That was whether it was a successful season or not. Win the yes. Big Ten, get to the playoff. 
Right. I Correct. think that was the expectation. Um, so then he says, he goes into what could go wrong. It's the struggles of the defense. Um, the offensive struggles without Haskins fields flashes, but just one off season doesn't ingrain himself into the offense quickly enough. The ground gave him shrews, but not by much. Uh, Buckeyes get upset by Luke Fickle road loss to Northwestern. They lose to Wisconsin, Penn state and Michigan. Jim Harbaugh drinks an entire <laughs> gallon of milk at the post game press conference. Getting invited. I enjoyed that. Getting uh, an invite to the pit. Yeah, it was good. Uh, to the pinstripe bowl of the two of these, which do you think is more likely 12 and 0 or a five loss season? Oh God. Uh, so if we're trying to, okay. So we're, we're basically saying like, if this is on like a, you know, like a scale here, we're trying to figure out where the season's going to be closer to one end of the scale versus the other. That's right. Yep. Um, I would say best case scenario is probably more likely. I would say that the season that we're going to get is going to be much closer to the best case than the worst case. I don't see five losses on the schedule. Um, I see maybe yeah, a couple, but I think yeah. that's, but I think that's, you know, five sounds like a lot. I don't, I don't see that happening. Yeah. I think the schedule is just too easy for five. Right. Um, I, I think it's, I think you could very easily, I think that it would be reasonable to lose a game that you think you could lose, i.e. Wisconsin, Penn State, or Michigan. And I think it would be reasonable to lose a game that you don't think you could lose. Um, I mean, we've had that the last two years. To me, 10 and 2. I want to play something, dude. Just real quick. This is actually my worst-case scenario. My worst-case scenario is I don't care if this is the only game aside from the Michigan game. So let's say they lose two games all year. If one of those games – uh, is Michigan and the other is Cincinnati. That's my worst case scenario. That's my personal <laughs> help because I will have to go back to Middletown at some point and all these <laughs> smug ass Bearcat fans that I live around are going to make my life miserable for until, <laughs> and, and look, this is until I die. Okay. This isn't like, okay, oh, Ohio yeah, State beats next be. time and it's fine. They will never shut up about it. So yeah. if that happens, which I think there is a greater than zero chance of, of that being the case, if that happens, my life is ruined. So I don't want that to happen. That is my worst case scenario. That is, that's a bad one. Um, that would be a bad look for everybody that losing to Cincinnati. Um, and honestly, I think they're prop I think they'll beat Cincinnati. Um, but it's probably outside of the last three that I mentioned. I mean, Cincinnati might even be more game than Penn state because I don't know what yeah. Penn state's going to look like. Um, but that's, it's hard for me to see a bunch of losses just because I just don't think the schedule's that good. I think the Big Ten's in a little bit of state of flux. I just don't think there are that many great teams, you know, in the league. And I, I think it's that's going to be hard to say. I do think a couple of the a couple of the individual things he did were great. Um, I thought the I think the one thing that we have that we I think we talked about this last week about fields. Like we've got to temper the expectation for uh, what he can be. Um, he may end up being great. But don't expect greatness, folks. Um, you got to remember, like how long Dwayne sat and was in the system and worked and worked. Uh, this this is a kid who played an entire season at Georgia and has been on campus since January. Like he's not he's not fully formed. I mean, he's going to be a work in progress, and especially as a thrower, um, he's got great feet, and I think he'll rely on them. And I think he'll has I think he's got a chance to be more of a Braxton Miller type early on, and that's high high praise because of as as anyone who listens regularly knows the regard I hold Mr. Miller, but right. um, I think it's more similar to that than a 4,000 yard, 40 touchdown. I can't see 40 touchdown passes. <laughs> that would be, that would be some work. I mean, if that, that, I think this is again, this, anyway, we've, we've talked about this at nauseum, but I, 
Dwayne Haskins just spoiled the absolute hell out of everybody. And yeah. it's, it's not that easy. It just isn't that easy. And you know, it, for me, the, the fun is going to be watching this offense kind of gel around, um, you know, Chris or Justin Fields, but it's not like, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't mean that it's going to happen instantaneously. It doesn't mean it's going to be pretty, but I like to see improvement. That's always been my thing. I just like to see how teams evolve over the course of a season. And there's so much really good young offensive talent, particularly at the wide receiver position. I'm really excited for Olave. Um, you know, they're not going to get to 40, but you could see that pace accelerating towards the last like three or four games of the season. And that will be really, really cool to watch. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that this, I think you're going to have a ton of fun watching Ohio state football this year. If yes. you go into it with the idea of, the reality, which is a first-year freshman quarterback, essentially a freshman quarterback, a first-year head coach. Like If you go into it with that way, with an entirely new defensive scheme, new coaches, all of that, if you go into it with this is the first chapter of the new book, I think you're going to enjoy the hell out of this year. If you go into yeah. this season thinking this is the continuation of Urban Meyer, I think it could be hard. So I, well, that's what I hope people look at. I don't want people to do that anyway because honestly – we we complain and talk about how crappy some of the early season games are. You know, the September, the dreaded September, like, you know, out of conference game against the MAC team or something yeah. like that. But it's the traditional just death and nobody wants to actually watch it. Well, if you view Ryan Day and the 2019 Ohio State Buckeyes as just an extension of what Urban Meyer was doing, you're going to go into those games with the exact same feeling that you did as last year where you're playing, yeah. you know, or any other year where you're playing like the Florida A&Ms of the world. If you go into it thinking this is a completely new thing, I'm going to see something that I haven't seen before, and it doesn't matter who they're playing because it's going to be interesting and unique no matter who is the opponent, then I think those games are going to be a lot more enjoyable because at least you're going to see something that you don't expect. So I I would hope that people to go don't go into this thinking like, okay, well, Urban Meyer 2.0, let's go, let's you know, let's have the yeah. same game plan. That would that's boring as hell. I don't want that. I want to see who Ryan Day is as a coach. I want to see what this team is. Uh, on the field and that's going to be new and exciting no matter who they're playing so i'm excited for that that's gonna be fun yeah me too i'm with you on all of that front and i you know I, I, this is a fun piece i love stuff like this and this is what gets yeah. us through july is stuff like this so good job that's right uh be sure to visit 11 warriors dry goods for shirts hats stickers and more dry goods at 11 warriors.com speaking of shirts with great ohio pride we got them by the boatload that's uh, right so go, so go there. I'll be wearing, I always wear the Sherman one on the 4th of July. I don't know why I do. Excellent. Um, I always wear that one. Don't forget to follow the 11 Dubcast on Twitter and rate and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. All right, sir. Do you have some ask us anything for us this week? We do. If you would like to ask us anything, please send us questions to dubcast at 11warriors.com or at 11dubcast. Uh, let's go ahead and start here with a question that's kind of related to something we talked about last time. This is from Rob. Uh, Rob, uh, was getting back to our Jersey discussion, which is just, you know, an evergreen topic. I think, I think that's something that we can just, you know, go off on forever, especially, especially cause they're going to have alternate uniforms this season and it's going to piss is that everybody confirmed? off. But I'm extremely, I love that. I love how angry people get about the alternate uniforms Yeah, in part because some of it's justified because some of them look insane and just ridiculous. And in part, because I just think it is the most hilarious thing to see people get super, super worked up about, but regardless, this is uh, one of the Rob few said, things you and I vehemently disagree on really. Quickly, I, know, did, I know. Did they, know. did they confirm they're doing an alternate? I don't, 
they I think that's just what they're going this year. I, I think every okay. team is looking for an alter the Iowa had their they already released theirs. Oh, because the one hundred and fiftieth year. Yeah, football. they're gonna do yeah, something. That would make sense. Yeah. Yeah, they're gonna do something. Yeah. Um so Rob really says he says that we need to stand up from Wisconsin and Nebraska. Uh one idea is to yeah. put gray in the sleeve stripes. Yeah, the way no kidding. Blah, blah. Yeah. Yep. So he says that he would always want he always wanted the jersey numbers to be gray. That would leave no doubt whose jersey it is, and I think mm-hmm. it would look awesome. Do you think that gray numbers is the solution to get more gray on the jersey? I think that you would be surprised at how hard it would be to read. Yeah. Well, yes. That's, that's I always that. the problem. I also think like, it would look like butt, but that's... Yeah. yeah. I think that you'd be surprised at how... Like the color numbers on color jerseys, even if they're contrasting colors, the best example I can give you, Rob, is like the Cavaliers when they would wear, uh, like they had a maroon jersey or a wine jersey with a navy blue number, and God, you could hardly. There were times that you couldn't even tell the numbers, and it's really bad in football when you can't tell the numbers. So, um, I I agree with you. Anybody who knows, there was I got a lot of mileage out of this over the weekend. I saw that, um someone wrote something for the site that said, you know, ways that Ryan day can differentiate himself, differentiate himself from previous regimes and, and bring back some past histories or whatever, much like how Holtman's done. And I said, right. You know, step one, put the gray back on the sleeves. It's the simplest thing. It is an absolute fail that they do not have gray on the home uniform. That if you go to buy a replica or authentic Ohio state football uniform that they wear at the horseshoe. There's not a single ounce of gray on it. That's an impossibility. That's an impossibility. Um, what makes you special is the gray. Everybody's red and black. You have to have the gray. Otherwise, what are you? And it's simple. This isn't hard to do. You've done it for many years in your history. In fact, the, the greatest era of Ohio State football had gray on the sleeves and you warm in the national championship game, Urban Meyer's finest moments. So this is simple. It's an easy fix. Uh, I feel like it should be a lot like I dream a genie and just tilt the head and it's done. And I don't know why it hasn't <laughs> happened. And it is something that I'm very passionate about, as you can see. Um, but I just think it's absurd. Well, you're you right. have, I mean, you don't have yeah, gray on right. the uniform. There's no other team in in college football where the one of the where the two primary colors are not are not on the on the uniform. <laughs> it's the stupidest thing ever. It's really dumb. It's really dumb. Um, here's the only thing that I would add to that. Cause I, I do agree with that. What I think is interesting about this question is before, uh, Ohio state blogging kind of got to where it is and, and Ohio state news sites, you know, 11 warriors, we get, you know, all these hits every month and it's a huge, big thing and TV show and radio. And that's all great. But back in the early two thousands, when Ohio state blogs were just kind of coming around and, and it was just, you know, message boards and people on WordPress sites and geo cities and all this other stuff. One of my favorite things is how people would make their own edits for what they think a, like what they would do to redesign Ohio state football uniforms. Yeah. And uh-huh. they were uniformly garbage. They were the worst things you've ever seen in your entire life. We're talking about like full, like graphics on the entire top of the uniform of like a Buckeye leaf, like literally like a JPEG that somebody put on there. And like, that's what it should really look like. And like yeah. they wanted to like change the helmets, you know, to like have Brutus's face on it and just the worst garbage crap you've ever seen. So what if you're interested in this conversation, what I would ask people to do is go on just Google image search and just search for like hypothetical or alternative Ohio State uniforms. You're obviously going to see some of the real ones. 
but scroll down there, look for the older ones, and you're going to see just some of the worst ideas in human history. It is really hilarious. There was one, I remember one specifically where it was like a takeoff of the really terrible, like sash, you know, shoulder thing that Florida did, right? Oh, I yeah. Think was, I don't remember what year that was. It was just an absolute like just terrible. orange shoulder. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. And so instead of the the orange shoulder, they had like the Buckeye leaf just dominating the entire like left side of the uniform. And it just looked, <laughs> looked terrible. It's like garbage. But but yeah. somebody thought it was great and somebody thought it was smart. And it's it's not. Uh, but they're hilarious. And I, I love all of them. So definitely check those out. They are they're worth it. Um, next question is from Suncard. Suncard wants to know what are the minimum requirements for someone to consider themselves a Buckeye? I don't think there is. Yeah, I don't think, I think so either. I think one of the one of the things that drives me absolutely insane is this notion that you're not a real fan if you're not from Ohio or didn't go to Ohio State or don't, you know, like sometimes, and like maybe this comes from my upbringing where I grew up where there wasn't an Ohio State to cheer from, you know? So we just picked right. good teams that look cool on TV. And if Dwayne Haskins in New Jersey and Maryland falls in love with Ohio state and has no connection because just cause it has a simple helmet, cool helmet, cool uniform and they win. That's great. So I, I don't have, I am not a, a, you know, a, a loyalty bandwagon snob. I, I'm yeah. not like, welcome. We'll take all of them. I'm Ellis Island. Take whoever we want. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not either. I, I think you're the minimum requirement is that you, you, uh, enjoy the Buckeyes, but I think that is the yeah. minimum requirement. And if you meet that requirement, then you are a Buckeye. And that's, that's the yeah. cool thing about it. I, what I will say is that as a child, I was frequently, you know, as an Ohio state fan, I was the target of derision of people who had become, uh, Michigan fans in Southwestern Ohio, purely out of like, in, you know, to antagonize the people around them. But honestly, yeah. I'm not going to, if the situation's reversed and I grew up in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and I was an Ohio State fan, I, I couldn't, you know, I can't begrudge somebody in that situation for trying to annoy the hell out of every Michigan around, you know, yeah. every Michigan fan around them in that situation. So that's fine. And like I said, the minimum requirement is you enjoy the team, you support the team, that's it. Yeah. And I don't think it really has to be any more than that. So I agree. I'm fine with that. Um, this is from Fuzzy Buckeye. Fuzzy Buckeye, uh, <laughs> this is... I, I I hesitate to even get into this question because of of how much we kind of trashed a question last week in, in a similar vein, but I'm going to get into it anyway. Jim Trestle had the same number of national championships as he had losses to Michigan, which is hilarious and true. Uh, Urban Meyer had more national championships than he had losses to Michigan, which is also hilarious and true. Uh, do you think Ryan Day will have more an equal number or fewer national championships than losses to Michigan? Uh, he'll have more losses to Michigan, yeah, than he will national championships. I would think. Well, it's just hard to you. I mean, you folks, you got to remember, like, <laughs> you are talking about in the case of Urban, the one A best coach of the last thirty years. I mean, he's in the top five, and in Trestle, you're talking about a guy who's, if not in the top five, in the top eight of the last fifty years. So. The idea that a guy who's never been a coach before could somehow maintain that level, I don't think is realistic. And I think 
Now, Harbaugh might not be competent, and you know, if they don't get us now, they're never going to get us. So, um, but I also think like the fact that you had Urban that long and you won one tells you how hard it is, right? You know, to do to win one. Bo Schembechler is the you know the greatest coach in Michigan history. Never won a national championship. I mean that no. you know and great and so that's perfect yeah. And so that's what that's what I'm telling people. Like you know, I I think Ryan Day. Everything you know, everything we've seen from Ryan Day is, is gangbusters. We love talking to the guy, but he could be a great coach. He could be a really successful coach. He might never win a national championship. He could be here 20 years, win zero, and that's yeah. that's just the way it works. And it would suck. That would be a disappointment. I and mean, frankly, I think if he gets to you know 10 and he's a really successful coach but not winning national championships or at least getting national championships like he may not stay at Ohio State we don't know yeah um, the standard but, has changed there's no right. doubt yeah. exactly so you know I don't know how that would work out but you know it's it's not a guarantee and you know be, beating Michigan every year maybe I just grew up with the trauma of the 90s and and I don't and I realize that the worm can turn very quickly uh, but it's it's one of those things where you kind of have to enjoy it while it lasts because I definitely believe I agree with you he's going to have way more losses to Michigan than national championships, um, yeah. unless you believe that it's just going to be like a one off you know like every other year okay we lost to Michigan now we're going to win the national championship and then it's fifty fifty but I don't see that could, happening he could still dominate Michigan I sure mean, if he's here five years he could go four and one or something like that he could still dominate them but that right now winning a national title is. The way that Clemson and Alabama are loaded up, I mean, it's just, it's brutal. I mean, and and we've lost, I mean, you lose to Purdue and Iowa the last couple. I mean, it's just, it's hard to do. It's really hard. Let me ask you this. So this is kind of part of his follow-up here that uh, Fuzzy Buckeye asks. Uh, asks. Um, so he says, let, let, me, let me take his question and move it into a hypothetical. Let's say that Ryan Day coaches at Ohio State for let's let's give him seven years. Okay. Okay. And in those seven years, he loses to Michigan five times. Okay. Now that's okay. a lot. And Two I don't see five. that happening. No, me either. But does he survive that many losses to Michigan? And, and, and let's no. say otherwise he wins 10 to 11 games almost every year. Can he survive that many losses? I think that the I think that the importance of that game is a little different now than it used to be, as evidenced by your Bo Schembechler line, which right. was that he never won a national championship, and he's considered by Mess to be the best coach ever at the University of Michigan, and he won about what half his games against Ohio State. Yeah, something like that. About a half. bit more than half. He was, I think, he was a little bit above five hundred. Okay, um, that's what the rivalry meant then, right? Now yeah. the expect beating Michigan is not enough. I mean, that was all what he did. Beat Michigan. Right. That's it. The rest of it, who cares? Beat Michigan. Right? And many, some would say that maybe blue national championships because all of it was on Michigan. Right. Right? <laughs> yes. So we view things differently now. We view it as, we like the national championship getting to the playoff to, is now more important than Michigan, I think. To, to many that that you have to because Michigan hasn't been a threat in so long we're not even familiar with what it looks like yeah as an indicator of a successful know? season it, it's getting to the the playoff right yeah that's what I think I don't think it's beat Michigan so I guess what I'm saying is what's interesting to me is just it really is that like how much priority do we place on the Michigan game anymore and if Ryan Day wins a national championship but loses to Michigan like four or five times in the other years that he coaches I don't know that that's that big of a deal to a lot of people I think that would suck I think people would be upset 
but I think you're right. I think the more priority would be on the fact that you got over the hump and won a national championship and people would be willing to ignore maybe losing to Michigan more often than not, because maybe periodic, if rare national championships actually means more than that, then that's the price that I think a lot of people would be willing to pay. Yeah. So I don't, it's, it's interesting. And, and again, we get into a lot of hypotheticals about what Ryan day will or won't do, but you know, it it's weird because it, for the first, First time you have a coach in a long time that isn't a sure thing, right? That doesn't have this huge proven track record. And so there's so much that we can speculate about. And there's so much that we can, you know, you can go any direction. We have really no idea. So I just think it's really interesting. Um, so that's Ask Us Anything. for. Oh, wait, last one. Sorry, this is from a good yep. for an album. Real quick, NBA talk. Odds that the Lakers actually win it all in the next few years. Alvin is a huge Lakers fan. Oh, God bless you. So was I growing up, my friend. Um, yeah, I mean, I think they will. I think they will win one in the next, you know, before LeBron's done. I think there's a pretty good chance he wins a championship. If not this year, then next year they could sort it out, get their money situated, and go at it next year. Yeah, I think it, they will. They look good. Uh, they look really good. I mean, that's a hell of an offseason they've been able to pull together. Uh, I think I would give them 50-50. I, I give them a 50% chance in the next several years. If LeBron can stay healthy and they learn to play together and they've got you know good team chemistry, I think they'll have a, about a 50% chance of pulling it off. But who knows? I mean, with the way things are working out in free agency, it's yeah, it's, it's a wide open real next year. The next couple seasons. Yeah, right, the NBA has never been more wide open than the season that they'll have next year. I mean, yes. there's it is anybody could win it. Which is awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm super excited about that. So Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, so that's Ask Us Anything. Thank you guys for sending those in. Please continue uh, asking us anything. Absolutely. Um, we are back next week. Have a safe and enjoyable holiday, long holiday weekend. I'm sure many are taking some days off, so enjoy your time, and we will visit with you next week. Yep, see you next week.